A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast, brought to you by White's IGA. Welcome to my Locavore Podcast. I'm Ros White and this is the podcast where we dig deep into the stories behind the hundreds of locally sourced, artisan, bespoke and innovative products available to you in one location at White's IGA on the Sunshine Coast. Our Locavore program was officially launched in 2013 to showcase and highlight to our customers where their food and goodies come from and help connect them to the families who create it. Kimchi, kombucha, kefir, sauerkraut. We've heard about them, but how much do we know about them? Dietitian designed... Your taste buds will be invigorated by the flavours and your gut will be delighted by the abundance of benefits. Made in small batches using traditional methods, this multi-award-winning fermented food and drink maker uses local produce to ignite your senses and support gut health. Founder Tanya Wiesmeyer-Freeman joins me now to take us on a journey of health and wellness. Welcome, Tanya. Thanks, Roz. It's great to have you here. We're going to talk all about gut health and the amazing array of products that you have created right here on the beautiful Sunshine Coast with your fabulous business, the Fermentia. So I can't wait. But a number of years ago, you noticed an interesting amount of research supporting the benefits of fermented food and drink which then set you on a path of exploring how we can alleviate many negative health impacts of chronic disease, Mm. which is, assume this is how and what led you to creating the Fermentia. Is that, give us a little bit more information about how and how we got here. Thanks, Roz, and it's great to be here. Great to share the story about fermented foods and why I got excited about them. So I'm a lecturer at the University of the Sunshine Coast, and one of my colleagues was learning a bit about gut health. And she took me on the journey with her, and I realised that fermented foods were actually a part of our eating patterns in Australia that we're missing out on everywhere around the world, traditionally they're fermented foods as a way of preserving them. And little did they know that the good bacteria that are produced in those traditional methods are actually beneficial for our gut, but it goes beyond our gut. And this is the amazing thing. We all talk about gut health, but in actual fact, it's related to basic conditions like inflammation, the immune system, our mental health. It has roles to play in various diseases that scientists are really excited about and looking into. So all of a sudden, my passion for food and good nutrition for health saw this gap in what dietitians had known before. And it was like, we really need to promote these. We really need to teach Australians how to enjoy these foods because we're not used to them as part of a healthy diet. So in other parts of the world, I think they have consumed more fermented foods that's been created in the traditional way. The sauerkraut, Mm. for instance, I think it's been consumed largely around Germany and in Europe. Mm. What is it about fermented foods that Australians don't 
understand or why they're maybe not as progressive in their thinking in regards to consuming fermented foods? I think the Anglo-Saxon diet and the the way that the Australians have adopted it has has not had any fermented foods. They've had pickles Mm. and they've canned food or made jams. For some reason, they missed out. Whereas just across the channel from England was all the European countries. So everywhere from Scandinavian countries through to the Germanic regions, even down in Italy where they traditionally ferment the olives and various things as part of their pickling. We just missed out, but it's Africa. We've lived in South Africa where the, the, the local people ferment their porridge. India has fermented foods and particularly like the fermented milk drinks. The Middle East has fermented milk drinks, but... My name, Wiesmay, is actually from Austria, so I'm half Austrian. So I'm familiar with sauerkraut, but I must admit I don't like it the way the Germans eat it, which is a big blob on their plate with the big fat sausages and potatoes. So that's part of trying to teach people to use it as a condiment. Yes, because not it's so meal. strong. So sauerkraut, in my mind, is it's cabbage, fermented cabbage, Yes, yes, and it's used as a side. Yes. Whereas what you're offering through your product range Mm. is a condiment. Yes. Yes. So to complement a beautiful, how would you serve it? How would you serve your sauerkraut? The great thing about being in Australia now is we're into fusion. We yeah. don't, we're not locked into traditionally this is how it has to be. It's about exploring flavours and finding new combinations that just are marriages that we didn't know about before. Yeah. So sauerkraut I love in toasted sandwiches. Yeah. I love it sprinkled on salads, let's say the beetroot one, because it's pink and it gives a lovely pink colour through there and gives a bit of the vinaigrette flavour that you would normally get from a salad dressing. And the turmeric sauerkraut that we have is great as a pickle on curries because Indian people would often have pickles and things just Mm. to give each mouthful a different flavour. There's lots of different ways to have them. That's amazing. Just going into, could you explain to us a little bit about what fermented food might be? If I was Mm. just sitting here not knowing much about it, Mm. tell me what makes or what creates. So if you take a beautiful cabbage with, in its raw state is full Mm. of nutrients, Mm. no doubt, and Mm. goodness. Mm. It's a whole food. Mm. And then, you know, there's a process. No, normally we talk about processed foods. We try and avoid processed foods, don't we? And there's a theory that you eat whole, raw foods Mm. full of goodness. Mm. So now we're talking about still being maintaining goodness, but actually applying a process. What is the process and Mm. how does it generate goodness or additional benefits? Yes. For example, with sauerkraut, there are microbiomes, there are bacteria and yeast and all kinds of things on the skins of all our fruit and vegetables. And in sauerkraut, in cabbage, they're on all the layers of the leaves. Now, Mm. these are not bad things. Mm. We need, our body needs to have good and bad bacteria in safe doses coming into us because they help create our immune system, help our immune system to be stronger, to fight off the bad guys and have the good guys to help fight the bad guys off. So it's a bit of a yin and yang happening in our gut. So we, by the process, so what we do is we cut the cabbage finely, we add salt and that's it. Wow. That is it. And we encourage people having our sauerkraut raw, but we let it ferment. And by fermenting, the salt helps kill bad bacteria. And the good bacteria, not that people knew this in the old days, they just learned it by trial and error. Yes. But the bacteria that thrive in that salty environment are the good types of bacteria. 
And they create acids, which is another way to preserve food. So pickles always have a vinegar. Mm. So this is a self-made vinegar from the bacteria that helps kill all the pathogenic or bad bacteria. Like a bacteria cocktail. That's it. That's it. And because it's salty and high in vinegar, you're left with only the good types that are good for us. What about the salt intake? Because we have to watch our sodium and that can actually also, if you're having too much of it, can be detrimental or adverse to your health. That's right. So So how does that work? Yeah, yeah. So it's not that we should eat all fermented foods. Yeah. But we want to still get the good bacteria. So we need to have, I would say we need to have some. But there's also products in raw fruit and vegetables that counteract the bad effects of salt. So they naturally have potassium in them. And the more fruit and vegetables you have in your diet, the more potassium you have, which counteracts the effect of the salt. There you go. So in actual fact, kimchi, which is another one of our raw fermented products of Korean origin, it's been shown in smaller studies to actually help reduce blood pressure, which is the opposite of what we would think in a natural product that is high in salt. So kimchi, what is, what's, what, how does... You said of Korean origin. So mm. what's the application to create kimchi? And would you, what sort of vegetable would you use? Would it be cabbage again, but just with it's a different... It's a cabbage, yeah. It's a Chinese cabbage, which the main one is a Chinese cabbage like a base. Wombok? A wombok, yeah. that's it. Yeah. So they use, they can have lots of different types of kimchi, but the one we make is a very traditional one, which we got, I learned to make from a Korean friend. So it's Chinese cabbage and the Koreans love daikon, the white radish. Yes. And they love spring onions. So it's got spring onions in it. And then, of course, it's loaded with garlic and ginger and onion, all those fantastically healthy foods. And they're good for our gut on their own. And then it's got chili in it because they love spice. So it's an amazing, strong condiment that jazzes up any meat or vegetable dish or it's so versatile. It's not like a hot sauce, but it's like a, on the hot, hotter spectrum. Spicy. A spicy condiment again. So it's one, if you've just got plain vegetables and meat in your plate, you just put a dob of this kimchi on and you mix it and you're done. Beautiful. Or fried rice, you add it to your fried rice, mix it, cook it, it's done. It's got all the flavours you yum, need. Yum, yum. Mm. So how much of it would you have to consume for it to be beneficial to, say, if you had blood pressure? Mm, that hasn't been, it hasn't been fully decided. But what the experts say in gut health and the World Gastroenterology Society, they recommend that we have traditional fermented foods regularly as part of a healthy diet. Yep. And two years ago, a study came out where they were looking at inflammation and compared a high fibre diet to a diet that was high in fermented foods. And the high in fermented food diet actually came out on top of the other one. Mm-hmm. All 27 inflammation markers improved. And that was an amazing result. But that was with a lot of fermented foods. That was six serves a day. So it's, wow, every time mm-hmm. you eat, there's either got to be... But yogurt is a good one. Yeah. So most people have yogurt every day. You can have some sauerkraut on your dinner or in your salad or something like that. You can have a drink of kombucha or water kefir once or twice in the day. There are simple ways to include it, but we're not at the stage of saying how much for what effect. Sure. Yeah. But knowing that it does have an impact. Yes. And you can, as you said, there's kefir and there's kombucha, which is if you're not fond of the 
vegetables, the fermented vegetables, mm. then mm. you have, and it's award-winning, multi-award winning. I think you have, you've got nine items in your range and seven out of the nine have had a silver or a bronze or a gold medal. Yeah, the, good memory. At the Sydney. In 2021, we got seven medals at the Royal Sydney Fine Food Show. Amazing. Three gold, three silver and one bronze. In 2022, all our nine products won medals. That's just so amazing. Well done. <laughs> Congratulations. And when did you, when was the company, the Fermentia, when did you start this company? What year was it? It's only, it's fairly yeah, new, isn't it? A couple of it? years before COVID. So four to five years at various stages, yeah. from very small to now being in yeah. all white side GAs and good whole food and independent grocers from Noosa to Brisbane. Yeah, so amazing. Oh my goodness, it's just, you should be so proud of that. That's amazing because this is not your normal day job. You are a lecturer at the University of the Sunshine Coast and you lecture in dietetics and nutrition. Mm. Is that correct? That's yeah. right. Yeah. So you obviously are very qualified and you have an enormous background and knowledge in this space. And there's a lot of credence and credit to what you've created and knowing and understanding how this impacts and the benefits of your health. Mm. It's incredible. And Andrew, your husband, mm. is by your side. He so he's the backbone. Like, he's Mr. Operations. <laughs> he's absolutely. He's chopping. I think he's got 130 kilos today of, of kraut to make. So yeah. that's where he is at the moment. So do you go, where do you source your raw product? Because I know you like to source local. And locally, it's often seasonal, local Mm. If you're buying local produce, it can be seasonal. Yes. But, and you may not be able to source everything on the Sunshine Coast. You, mm. you source what you can here. Yes. But, yeah, how do you obtain the raw product and bring it in? And what's yeah. the process to create this beautiful fermentia product? Yes. As you get bigger, that seasonality does become a bit of an issue. And our krauts are now organic. We didn't start off organic. One of the lovely stories is my daughter, who's also a dietitian in Tasmania. Oh, wow. Her husband works at an organic vegetable farm and believe it or not, we buy some of our cabbages and carrots and daikon from the farm that he could have picked them at or driven the truck at. That's true family input and business, isn't it? So even though they're in Tassie, because their seasons are different to ours up here. It's just great to have that connection. So we'll ask them, what are you picking at the moment? What do the cabbages look like at the moment? It's so much fun. What a great, what a wonderful connection to have. Isn't that gorgeous? Otherwise, we work through local wholesalers who buy at Rockley Markets. But we use local wherever we can. So an example of that is we use budroom ginger for our ginger. We use Suncoast limes for our lime juice. We use hum honey for our honey kombucha drink. Beautiful. I'm trying to think what else. Wherever we can, we'll use local products, which is great. And that's good collaboration because I think most of those companies, they'd all be part of the Food and Agribusiness Network here on the Sunshine Coast too. That's right. And there's some amazing and wonderful collaborations that take place through that network and that's the benefit of it, isn't it? Being able to, and you do your, you showcase at the Meat Makers event every year, which is a great success, which is now, Mm. I think you'd be part of about almost 100 exhibitors, which is getting a huge following around the country. Mm. And this year we even had some international buyers, which is so exciting. Yeah. 
and made a great connection with a fellow by the name of Tony Colley who has a he's based in Dubai and he's started buying some of the local locally produced product here through the Food and Agribusiness Network and Meet the Maker event. And that's another way that we collaborate with local companies. We know each other. Martin from Sunshine Coast Cider, he'll phone us yes. up if something yes. if we can help or vice versa. Yes, so how would you so, uh, Martin he's fabulous Martin, absolutely gorgeous. So he creates a, a cider, sparkling cider and I know that he uses Queensland apples sourced mm. from Stanthorpe. That's right. And it's beautiful, actually. It's an alcoholic beverage, mm. which is apple cider, alcohol, alcoholic apple cider. A fabulous gentleman, too. And I would love to be able to sell his product in my store, but I can't because it's alcoholic and you can't. There's a legislation we can't sell anything alcoholic. Mm. But how do you collaborate? What would you, what would Martin, how would that sort of, yeah, what would be the times when we haven't had enough apple juice? We've got some apple juice from him. If a piece of our equipment breaks down yeah. or if he, one time it was labels that we helped print for him. Yes. Another time it was, we gave him an idea with the boxes or he got some workers from us, some backpackers. Oh, we said, oh, we're looking for some. And he said, oh, I've got some. Wow. I need them for one day a week. Do you want to yeah. see if they want to work for you the rest of the time? So there's these little connections. Same with Emmanuel from Pepper Leon. Yes. From Pepe, yeah, you've had Pepe, him. Pepe Leon, couldn't you? Yeah, he was yeah, one of yeah. our guests. With his, his gluten free pasta. Yes. So we'll product. help him with deliveries in Brisbane sometimes and he'll help us sometimes. Oh, Tanya, that's just so wonderful. That's mm. and that, cheese. We're doing a tasty tour with Tasty Tours events. We're part of one of the stops with it's Wombai Cheese, Sunshine and Sons, Gin. Yeah. And us. So we're having a kombucha making workshop and fermentation degustation oh, as part of the curated plate. So once again, just connections. We all know each other. It's great producing food on the coast. It is. And everyone supports each other, lifts each other up, Mm. cheers each other on. And it's a very unique characteristic of the Sunshine Coast. Mm. And we do have an abundant agri-food and agribusiness network here with literally hundreds of suppliers and growers and producers, Mm. which is why the Locavore program is so successful, because we have such an abundance of amazing and we really appreciate it we really appreciate it to go into your store at Forest Glen and see we were number 158 there's the the fermentia there and it's oh it's really special that someone cares about local food production so much because it is hard work yeah it's not easy making an income from producing food we're at such a disadvantage compared to the big players and imported foods so if people want local delicious gourmet artisan it's great to be able to showcase them at places to say go to IGA go to White's IGA mm, thank you Tanya and it's reciprocal and it's just out of pure love and respect, I think. I respect what each, what you do and Andrew does, but also each and every one of the producers. And I understand that element of endurance and building a brand and creating a product that's innovative and is going to stand out in a market. Not We have the opportunity when you come to us and offer us, we ha- we're provided with the opportunity to be able to showcase that beautiful product in our store. It's just a joy and an absolute pleasure. And each and every one, it's a privilege to be to be provided that opportunity and then as a retailer I it's an honor for me to offer that 
into our community for people to come and enjoy it and be a part of it. And it's just, there's nothing not to love about it when it's supporting so many people. Mm. So where do you produce? Are you Have you got a, a little factory somewhere? We sure do. We're yeah. in Cunder Park, just around the yeah. corner from Sunshine Coast, uh, Sunshine Brewers. Yes, so I know there. where that is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, the owner of the place owns Flame Hill. Oh, uh, Tony. <laughs> Tony. Yes. yes. <laughs> he shops in our shop at Forest Glen too. Yeah, I ran so, into him the other day. So we knew Tony through the local suppliers yeah. and, and they stock our drinks up at his vineyard at Flame Hill and so we rent one of his commercial properties there. So it's a pretty big place. It's our third shift, so it's over 300 square metres there and we fitted it out. Andrew's a carpenter, my husband, so he built in the commercial kitchen and got the mezzanine floor and offices and all that and it's all happening. Yeah, well done. So the kombucha, which is a refreshing drink and a great alternative to alcohol if you yeah. prefer to if you're a teetotaler or for health reasons you're mm. not you're choosing not to consume alcohol how would you serve it what's a really I'm sure you could really zhuzh it up and make it into a fabulous party drink definitely yes and with all the if you want non-alcoholic cocktails there's all the lovely non-alcoholic gins and rums and I don't know if we're allowed to call them that they're alternatives as well yeah. to make great cocktails but on their own they're a refreshing drink but they do have such different flavours. So we have a, a kombucha that won gold in 2021, which is made with a black tea and a dark grape juice. So it's a totally different flavour profile. I call that our red wine of kombucha. Mm, <laughs> sounds interesting. And that's totally different to the lime and ginger, which is on a totally different flavour spectrum. It's more astringent. It really wakes you up. There's lots of different cocktails. So the pina colada or the kefir colada. Sounds like fun. With water kefir, coconut, pineapple. It's a delicious cocktail. Then you can make a Negroni with them as the base. They go really well with that. The kimchi mm. makes a great Bloody Mary, a spicy wow. Bloody Mary. So oh you my. put that in. Yes. So talk me through that recipe, Tanya. You've got <laughs> obviously tomato juice. Tomato juice. You've got your kimchi. Yeah. If you want it more spicy, you add some Tabasco and a bit of lemon juice or something. Yeah, something like yeah. that. You just shush it Lime all juice, up. Pepper. Yeah. But see, all that's in the kimchi. So you'd be surprised how yes. much the kimchi so you on don't, its own you can just keep it really and the tomato juice on its don't own the yes. You might yeah. just want a bit more Tabasco sauce if you want it hotter, but it depends yeah. on your taste buds. Yeah. And then, of course, you dress it with celery sticks and yeah. prawns yeah. and it's a meal in a yes. fun meal in a cup. A couple of oysters in there. Oh, oh. good to go. Look out. Oh. See, we forget about cold soups in Australia. Yeah. But that's what a Bloody Mary how kind beautiful. of is. But like, they're actually a, yes. delicious. What a gorgeous, easy Entree for if you have a summer barbecue or yes, and you just um, knock the socks off people. Yeah, and it's a kimchi bloody mary. Yeah, it's like, Ooh. it sounds very fancy. <laughs> do you have any recipes on your website that people could We've have? We've got. A we do have recipes on our website and yeah. tips and ideas for for lots of things. And so, we're constantly putting up posts on our um, Instagram and Facebook. With so, how do people follow you, Tanya? What's their What's your website address or your Instagram? So, that so if you put in the Fermentia, T-H-E-F-E-R-M-E-N-T-I-E. I think of the chocolatier, which yes. I know you've got in your yes. shop, but think of the Fermentia, Ooh. where we make the fermented foods and drinks. Yeah. And you'll find our website, you'll find us on Instagram and Facebook. Fantastic. Awesome. And the new one, whichever the new Instagram is, Andrew's been working on Okay, that. Yeah, cool. A new to one, check so. it out. Okay. Yes, that's what I can So going us. back to the health benefits, mm. 
So it's an anti-inflammatory. Yes. And you were saying before, we're talking about mental health. Yes. Supporting mental health and wellness across your entire body. Talk us through just a couple of aspects of that and how that, the anti-inflammatory piece we've chatted about. Well, what are some of the other benefits that... Yes, the bacteria, and it's not just bacteria, it's bacteria and yeasts and all kinds of funny things in the cocktail of traditional fermented foods. So they basically go into our rainforest, our gut, which has all kinds of things growing in it. But while they're passing through, they are producing acids, which are beneficial acids, which are absorbed into our bloodstream. So those Acids are normally only produced by our body. So this is an additional boost to those beneficial acids. So we're talking propionate, butyrate, acetate. And then there's this other one called GABA, which is normally only produced by our brain. But these beneficial bacteria and yeast cocktail, they produce that as well, which helps overall with our serotonin, which is a relaxant. And which is your happy happy hormone. hormone, So even though we haven't got the doses right and everything right yet, we know that diet plays a huge component in our mental health. Yeah. We all know that when we're hungry, we're not going to be our best, right? Sure. We also know if we haven't had enough protein to fill us up, we're going to be hungry forever. So we know some basic things about food and mood, but this is really moving beyond. So they're the Thompson Institute, the Neuroscience Institute in Sunshine Coast are looking into that and it's a very heavily researched area. But for the general public, it's just to know that having traditional fermented foods regularly on top of a healthy diet is part of doing the best for yourself. Optimising. Yes. So eating good food to start with, but Mm. optimising our health through digestion. Yeah. Good digestion. Good, yeah, good bacteria. Good bacteria. Our food's too clean. Like mm. they even did a study looking at the microbiome, the living organisms on an apple that was organic versus not organic. And of course, the one that was organic had more microbiome on it. And we don't think of that when we eat the skins of mm. apples. Mm. But of course, pesticides are going to kill living things on those other foods. So we've never found a true link between organic and not organic foods being beneficial for us. But there are some scientific suggestions. And one way of counteracting that is to have fermented foods to give us big doses of those good microbiomes that we Mm. might be missing out otherwise. That's so fascinating, isn't it? Let's shift gears a little and I just want to talk about the sustainability aspects of Mm. your product Mm -hmm. because it's such an important aspect to any business in 2023 and beyond. A big focus, everyone in business needs to be looking at how we can be more sustainable in lots of different ways, not just environmentally in in every aspect. But all your products are sold in glass. That's right. So that's reusable. There's no plastic. Mm, That's Um, right. And that's a big, it's a big commitment because glass is heavy and it's not allowed at at functions and events. Uh, So a lot of people are going to cans as another environmentally acceptable way. But I just think of glass. I like drinking out of a glass bottle. I Mm. think it tastes better. It has more of a festive feel and the dark glass bottles are actually that has a reason because kombucha doesn't like light so we're actually trying to maintain the good bacteria so there is a reason behind the dark bottles for your live fermented okay that's important what really fascinates me about these things anything that's a live culture 
I immediately think of this little gremlin that has like a little face and arms and legs that's going, (laughs) but it's like the sourdough bread. We had Christina here from Silver Tongue Foods and she's making makes think these her beautiful lavosh and, and crackers and stuff like mm. that. But it, it is. It's just it's like it, is, it has a personality. <laughs> so the kombucha's a live culture. That's right. And so it's like how does it how, <laughs> how is it born? So the basis of kombucha is sweet tea. And the sugar in the tea is when you add the starter, which is a scoby which yeah, is a horrible thing. looking thing. Yes. Yeah, what, where it, does the SCOBY come from? It's it grown. It's what the bacteria and yeast. So SCOBY stands for symbiotic, which means they live together in harmony. Symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. Okay, so, so they're a good bacteria. Yes, so yes, they're yes. Happy they're all happy. Yes, happy they scobies. live happily together. Happy SCOBY. And these bacteria that are in the, the kombucha make that sort of platform. I call it their mattress. It's they make their home. Yeah. So that's what they make. And that's actually just cellular. It's cellulose. So it's just a fibre. So they're very fond of bed because they don't yeah. like light. <laughs> so we're like, yes, you're in the dark <laughs> and give me my scoby bed. <laughs> I reckon I might be a scoby sometimes. <laughs> Sounds a pretty good life to me. Oh dear. Oh, I'm getting. I'm warming to Scoby. I'm warming to the Scoby. That's what I say to people. Don't. You've got to make friends with this stuff because yeah. it actually makes a delicious drink. So you might know people who don't look gorgeous like some famous person, but they're the best people in the world. One hundred percent correct. That is so gold. Yes, absolutely. Wow, interesting. So, any? Can you talk us through any? Maybe some of the other sustainability practices yeah. that you adopt just so the low sourcing local foods is low food miles which is a sustainable practice because there's minimal amount of freight so it hasn't been transported large kilometers and it's locally made here so you're selling also to the local area with all which is also low food miles which is what we love about the local program as well and then the sustainability of the product or the beg your pardon the packaging so Um, the packaging is glass everything except one of our glass jars or bottles is from Australia. So we've worked hard to keep using Australian things and that became really important over COVID as well because we had other companies when you were really struggling getting glass jars or bottles and it's like, oh, well, Mm. we might pay more, but we've got Australian and we're fine. Yeah, that's great. So there's that. The other thing is with fermented foods by nature, they have a long shelf life. Yeah. So it reduces wastage on the other end. Which is fantastic if it's got, yeah. Yeah, so so no food waste. That's right. That's right. So Which is how it started, sorry, Tanya, um, but that's how it started in the beginning, wasn't it, to preserve food. When you have an abundance of food, how are you going to keep it for the long winter months? So it has a year shelf life, sauerkraut. Now, it does have to be kept refrigerated because we want it raw, but still, a year shelf life is better than one month. Yeah. So so there's value for the shopper. That's right. If you're purchasing this product, you know that you're not going to be popping it in the bin and in yeah. six weeks' time or often you'll open a jar of something, consume within five days. Yeah. And how do you consume a whole jar of sometimes That's certain right. things? That's right. And to me it's almost like, oh, I don't want to. You yes. Know, and we do encourage people to use their senses as yeah. well because they can actually last a lot longer than yeah. that. We know they can. Um, and we've lost that giving ourselves permission to smell, look at taste a little bit but we want to bring that back in because the best before dates are always a little bit 
early just to, to hedge your bets. Yeah. So one year is, uh, it could be two years or three yeah. years. Like when you have sun-dried tomatoes or something yeah. in oil in your fridge, yeah. you don't look at the best before anymore. You look at them and it's actually they can yeah. last longer. Sure. Yes. So the kimchi has nine months on it. The sauerkraut yeah. has 12 months. Our drinks have five months from date of manufacture. Mm-hmm. And we know that the bacteria live for that whole time as well. They just mm. go into hibernation in the fridge. Yeah. Because yeah. they're a bit cold. Yeah. They just yeah. got to they got to snuggle in. Yeah. So they activate <laughs> when they get into your when they're warmed up in oh. our tummy. Aren't they amazing? I'm sounding more like one of these vegetables, I think. <laughs> more and more. Now I'm unfortunately we're gonna to have to wrap up soon because we're running out of time. But oh my goodness, I could just keep talking to you forever. This is so fascinating. So before we do wrap up, mm. just to understand a little bit more about this fabulous Tanya, who is just amazing creator, innovator, producer, lecturer, academic. Goodness me, how many more talents have you got? What are the, What's the thing that maybe the one statement that sets you alive or your mantra that you live by or uh, a statement that summarises who you are or a quote maybe mm. even? I think give it a try. Give new foods a try. Get out of your comfort zone and try some fermented foods because they're good for you and they can taste great. You just have to give them a try. Go exploring like you did. Go exploring, yes. I'm going to go exploring because I've always been a bit tentative as Tanya. You and I were having a little catch up at the Meet the Makers and I'm going, oh, and you said, have some kombucha. Okay, I'll just have, oh, because I was terrified of the scoby. And then I had it and it was the apple one Mm -hmm. and it was absolutely magnificent, absolutely beautiful. So I agree. And I'm going to really, after our chat today, I'm going to go exploring. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try your kimchi next. I reckon that sounds fantastic. Great. Thank you so much for sharing. And, yeah, maybe we'll have another chat soon. Thanks so much, (laughs) Roz. And happy exploring in the world of traditional fermented foods. Thank you so much. (laughs) I look forward to it. (laughs) Thanks, Roz. Cheers. Cheers. A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast, brought to you by Whites IGA.